This episode of We're Getting a Dog contains descriptions of violence towards pets and other animals that some listeners may find offensive. In order to keep our podcast historically and factually accurate, we have chosen to include these descriptions to provide a better understanding of the breed that we're presenting. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to We're Getting a Dog. Welcome back, everybody. Part two of our All the President's Dogs special episode. Woo! The modern presidents. The modern presidents. Got any opinions on modern presidency? Uh, Besides the fact that... They're doing a great job. I know a lot more about them. That's true, yes. Presidents. Probably more opinions on these presidents. Yeah, that's true. Well, I don't know so, so much about the presidents after World War II and the Cold War era. Um, I like, you know, Nixon to me is kind of like the, the, all I know is that he was impeached for Watergate. Well, wait, after World War II and Cold War, that's like almost all of them. Well, <laughs> but then at the same time, it's like, what do I know about Reagan? What do I know about, uh, Carter? What do I know about the other ones? No, probably more than, <laughs> more Bush than won. most of the 19th century ones. That's true. That's true. At least I guess what I'm trying to say is my interest really lies in the FDR Truman, shortly after Truman up to like 1970. Right. That's where my historical bounty is. I so. see. Yeah. But otherwise, I'm interested to know what pets they all had. So <laughs> Yeah, I remember before we recorded the last one, we said we weren't going to get political. Okay. And then I think we definitely did. But <laughs> we probably <laughs> did. But you know what? It, this... I think we probably will here, too. But well, try to, I don't know, we'll make it not about be, that at we'll least. We'll try to be as unbiased as possible. <laughs> yeah. So starting, uh, actually, I'd like to start by thanking the Presidential Pet Museum and their website, presidentialpetmuseum.com. Been a very valuable resource. Very nice. For this series. Very cool. So starting now with FDR, a 32nd president. The great FDR. <laughs> so when the Roosevelts came to the White House, uh, they owned two dogs who were driven the six-hour trip to D.C. by Eleanor Roosevelt herself. Hmm. Here's a quote from her. Someone will have to take the dogs and the car to Washington, and I shall enjoy doing it myself. I love to drive. Interesting. Hmm. These two dogs were Meggie, a Scottish Terrier, and Major, a German Shepherd. You might remember Joe Biden also brought a German Shepherd named Major to the White House. Yes. But he had to be sent back to Delaware after a biting incident. Yikes. <laughs> Coincidentally, FDR's German Shepherd named Major also had to be sent back his home in New York or to a friend in New York after several biting incidents. So I guess we're past the era where a dog can like rip the pants off of a foreign dignitary and it's like, ah, oh, it's fine. It's okay. I suppose. Actually, Pete was sent back, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pete didn't stay in the White House forever, okay, either. for sure. <laughs> Found out. But, yeah, yeah, two dog, two German Shepherds named Major in the White House. That's very interesting. Both sent away. If I'm ever president, I'll have a beagle named Banjo <laughs> in, the pre- in the White House. See, if you ever meet a German Shepherd named Major in the White House, just stay away. <laughs> <laughs> don't trust them. They strike don't, every 80 don't years. Don't aggravate them. <laughs> They strike every 80 years without warning. (laughs) (laughs) 
So uh, FDR's major was a former police dog that had been donated to him by the New York State Police while he was governor. Uh, Major had a bad reputation in the White House, and he would chase maids around, and they would have to defend themselves with mops and brooms. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, there, there, were, there was more than a few problems. Sounds like. He had several biting incidents in 1933, which was FDR's first year. Several. In... <laughs> well, you know, he's got to put that country back together. He doesn't have time to go chasing after his dog. <laughs> they had two dogs. In fact, Eleanor's uh, favorite, I think, was Maggie. So, so uh, Major once bit Hattie Wyatt Carraway, the first woman elected to the Senate at a White House party. I guess you could say Major got carried away. It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> you got some Carraway seeds. Nah. No, it's nah. Not, not going anywhere. It's not, not there. <laughs> he nearly bit the pants off one White House visitor. <laughs> and that was British Prime Minister Ramsay MacDonald. Woo! Ramsay! Well, I wonder what was in his pants that was so valuable <laughs> that the dog had to have it. I don't know, but uh, the Prime Minister needed to be given replacement pants before leaving the White House. Oh, so I bet that was a serious damage. pants bill. <laughs> they had to go to the pants store. <laughs> and the press apparently had a lot of fun talking about how it was a German dog. <laughs> Attacking the British Prime Minister. Yeah. And there's tensions between Germany and Britain. It's, it's 33. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this incident forced Major to be sent back to New York. Understood. <laughs> so the Roosevelt's other first dog, Maggie the Scottish Terrier, wasn't very well behaved either. She was known to be a one-person dog, and that person was Eleanor. Mm-hmm. So here's a quote uh, from Stanley Corrin's book, The Paw Prince of History, Dogs in the Course of Human Events. Maggie terrorized the housemaids by chasing them down the halls and biting their brooms, mops, and dusters. <laughs> Apparently what worked against Major, <laughs> Maggie just Did bit him still. Did not work against Maggie. <laughs> that reportedly, even Major was scared of her. Fair. One reporter, Bess Furman, was uh, interviewing the president and asked about Maggie's bad behavior. FDR said he wasn't always with Maggie, so you should ask her. <laughs> Since Maggie was in the room... Uh, Furman called her up to the couch and asked her, have you been a naughty dog? Maggie responded by quickly biting the reporter on the nose. Well, I think that dog's actions speak for themselves then. <laughs> After this incident, Maggie was also sent back to New York. Oh, they don't have any other dogs there now. In 1933, his first year in office, FDR had to ship away both of his dogs. Again, he was dealing with, like, a collapsing country. You know he was like, oh my god, just get the dogs out of here. <laughs> well, shortly after sending Maggie away, the Roosevelt's got Winks, a Llewellyn setter. Okay. L-L-E-W-E-L-L. It's five L's in the word. Wow. Reminds me of the Mitch Hedberg joke about the word lull. Lull's got too many L's in it. Word that's one letter away just being all else. <laughs> what about the does he mention that when people spell it with like L O L L L L or like multiple L's at the end? No, like lull. No, L U L L. Oh, L U L L. Oh, not lull. Yeah, yeah the word lull. See, our accents throw us off. Lull. So one time, Winks found Winks, their Llewellyn setter, found an unattended breakfast table in the White House. And scarf down the entire spread meant for 18 people. <laughs> How big is this dog? Uh, Llewellyn said it. I don't know. I think they're, I don't know, maybe average size setters. 
Sure. Mid-sized to larger dogs. How do you spell that? L-L-E-W-E-L-L-I-N. Tragically, Winks died in 1934 after running into an iron fence on the White House grounds. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. And a few dogs of the Roosevelt's kept for a short time were Tiny, an old English sheepdog, Blaze, an English bull mastiff, and a Great Dane named President. <laughs> well, who's reportedly the only Great Dane, Dane ever to stay in the White House. Well, it had a good name, too. Yeah. But uh, FDR's most famous and beloved dog was his Scottish terrier, Fala. Fala. Please tell me it's spelled P-H-A-L-L. No. <laughs> it's just F-A-L-A. <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> In 1940, uh, the president's distant cousin, Margaret Daisy Suckley, gifted him the dog. His original name was Big Boy, but Roosevelt renamed him Murray the Outlaw of Fallahill after a famous Scottish ancestor. Awesome. <laughs> Falla was very popular among the White House staff. He was so cute when he, he would get extra food all the time. After Falla kept getting sick, the staff was asked to not give Falla any <laughs> extra food. And I wonder if they liked Falla just because the other dogs so far were so mean. Yeah. <laughs> really not very nice up yeah, to this point. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> of course, it had been seven years since they shipped away these other dogs. Very long yeah, presidency FDR had. Selected four times. Yeah, and then he died. Yeah, died shortly after his fourth election. <laughs> had a stroke in his country house while trying to woo his mistresses. jeez. Oh, That's kind of what's implied, at least, oh. by the history books. Maybe not his mistresses, but young ladies were there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and Eleanor was not. <gasps> I just assumed she was. Scandal! <laughs> yeah, no. Fala traveled all over the world with FDR. They traveled together in Sacred Cow the first presidential airplane, and in Ferdinand Magellan, the president's custom train car. Uh, one trip they took by ship to the Aleutian Islands off the coast of Alaska started an unexpected controversy. Rumors spread that Fallow was accidentally left on one of the islands, and the president spent millions in taxpayer money sending a destroyer to retrieve him. <laughs> This was during the 1944 campaign, and Republicans were criticizing him over these rumors. FDR responded in a famous speech he gave to the Teamsters Union, dubbed the Fallis Speech. I have a video. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yes, we're going to play a clip of the speech. These Republican leaders have not been content with attacks on me or on my wife or on my sons. No, not content with that. They now include my little dog, Fallon. <laughs> well, of course, I don't resent attacks. And my family don't resent attacks. But Fala does resent it. <laughs> That's eating this up. Yeah. It's just Teamsters <laughs> eating. It's like, yeah, there you go. You know, Oh my god, it's his little fluffy dog. Oh, it's video of the dog. <laughs> and being a Scotty, as soon as he learned that the Republican fiction writers in Congress and out, Oh, listen to the radio. And concocted a story <laughs> that I'd left him behind on an Aleutian Island. 
and had sent a destroyer back to find it at a cost to the taxpayers of two or three or eight or twenty million dollars, his Scotch soul was furious. I'm <laughs> <laughs> making a big deal about uh, his dog Scottish and angry. <laughs> it's a famous speech. He has not been the same dog since. <laughs> the same dog since. The same dog since. <laughs> Oh, great. Now, Fallow was very popular among the public. Fallow received thousands of fan letters, uh, even continuing years after Roosevelt's death. Oh, wow. Yeah. Fallow is one of the only president's dogs memorialized as a statue. A statue of Fallow stands next to FDR at the Franklin Delano Roosevelt Memorial in Washington, D.C. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, yeah. And I have a big photo of uh, yeah, FDR and Fallow. And then a just close up a fella. Oh, great statue. Hello, listeners. Wesley here to talk to you a little bit about how you can support this show. For each episode of all of our podcasts here at Arcadia, we spend our own money on books, articles, and other materials so that we can bring you podcasts that are thoroughly researched and fact checked. All of the hosts and producers of these shows also work full-time jobs in addition to the podcast so that we can support this passion we all share. If you'd like to support us at We're Getting a Dog, as well as the other podcasts in the Arcadia Podcast Network, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash we're getting a dog, or our website, we're getting a dog.com slash support. For as low as $2 per month, you can get access a day early to every new episode of We're Getting a Dog and other Arcadia Podcast Network shows, such as Coffee's On and Good Food for Bad Friends. And at higher levels, you can get one-of-a-kind swag. Thank you for supporting the Arcadia Podcast Network and for listening to this podcast. Now back to the show. So, following FDR's death, he was succeeded by his vice president, Harry S. Truman. The S stood for nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> so Truman was not a fan of dogs, and he had no intention of keeping them in the White House. However, shortly after being sworn in, Postmaster General R- Robert Hannigan gifted his daughter Margaret Truman an Irish setter puppy, who she named Mike. Unfortunately, Mike soon developed rickets, and his health suffered further from a lot of scraps being fed to him by White House staff. Uh, I, I sense Apparently a pattern. a common problem, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was sent to a farmer in Virginia to live a healthier life. Oh. And then in 1947, a woman from Truman's home state of Missouri sent him a cocker spaniel puppy named Feller. Truman had no interest in the dog, and he gave him to a per- his personal physician. Yes. Okay. Thousands of, thousands of angry letters came to the White House from citizens outraged that Truman wouldn't keep his puppy gift. <laughs> Thank you for checking my prostate. Here's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, Truman's quoted saying, I didn't ask for him and I don't need him. Oh, wow. Well, he dropped the atomic bombs. What can you expect? And then he dropped a puppy. What a <laughs> jerk. God. I wasn't really allowed to learn a lot about Truman as a kid because, um, well, we're, my family's Japanese American. And so obviously, you know, they're not huge fans of Truman. Yeah. Uh, but I did just recently read an interesting book about Truman and talked a lot about just like 
how much he was different from FDR and how that reflected out at like the world conferences with uh, Churchill and Stalin to defeat Nazi Germany. Yeah. And all the different conferences they had and just how Truman had to sort of like become a world figure basically overnight. Yeah. And I think there's like a legend and I'm pretty sure it's real that Eleanor Roosevelt like Harry Truman offered his condolences to Eleanor and Eleanor was like, no, no, no. We're offering our condolences to you because <laughs> you have to inherit this mess. Like I'm out. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> she was done. Out. Like, she's like, I'm ready to go be a philanthropist and a writer. I'm good. Okay. Yeah, well, that's a lot of what she was doing as first lady, too. Right? Yeah, pretty well. Yeah, lots of charity work. And also Eleanor Roosevelt was extremely important in kind of bits and pieces of the agriculture movement, because this was, you know, she was first lady during the Depression. So part mm -hmm. of her job was to sort of adopt this. A culture of making the most out of the easiest crops to grow in your own home or garden. Oh, right. Yeah. And so um, there's a lot of legends that the, the White House cafeteria under Eleanor Roosevelt was entirely bland and yeah. kind of terrible because <laughs> it was like all like beans and legumes because it's like and lentils because it's easy to grow and sustainable and nutritional, not necessarily flavorful. But anyways... Yeah. So after Truman was Eisenhower, and Eisenhower had one dog, a Weimaraner named Heidi, uh, gifted to him by the Postmaster General Arthur Summerfield. Okay, I guess I guess that's a more appropriate action of you're the president. Here's a thank you for hiring me. Here's a dog. That's not a kickback. Well, uh, the Postmaster General also gave Truman a dog. Oh. The first dog mentioned. Oh. God, this guy, was it, he a breeder? A, and it was just like... There uh, are two different Postmaster Generals. Maybe this was a tradition we weren't aware of. Just a copycat, seems like. I guess. Postmaster General. That's <laughs> kind of funny. So in a letter to Summerfield, Eisenhower said, Heidi is definitely an asset to life at the White House. Unfortunately, Heidi got banned from the White House after having an accident on a valuable rug. Oh, come on. The rug was worth about $20,000 at the time, which is almost $200,000 today. What was the rug? What was it woven in like the 15th century or something? No. Good Lord. Was it made of like, like gold? There's some valuable rugs. I guess I get all my rugs at like TJ Maxx. <laughs> <laughs> they're about worth about $20 and they've depreciated since <laughs> <laughs> my rugs have just grown in value so after Eisenhower was Kennedy JFK from your area of the country <laughs> area approximately state yeah. Massachusetts <laughs> so JFK was the last president to have a ridiculous amount of pets at the White House the Kennedys kept 10 dogs wow at different times well, at one point, you know, maybe. <laughs> Total of 10 different dogs came around. Okay. Some of them were puppies. Five horses, three birds, two hamsters, a rabbit, and a cat. <laughs> so nothing crazy, but just a lot of animals. So they had a French poodle named Gali. G-A-U-L-L-I-E. <laughs> Gali. Wow. I don't know if that's French or... Like name, maybe his name is Charles de Gaulle. It's Golly. Golly. <laughs> a, a Welsh terrier named Charlie. 
an Irish Cocker Spaniel named Sharon, an Irish Wolfhound named Wolf. Sharon? That's not a dog name. (laughs) Maybe it's Sharon. A German Shepherd named Clipper, and their most famous dog, Pushinka. Which was... Pushinka, uh, I think Pushinka was like a, just a mutt. Oh, okay. <laughs> Unclear breed. Pushinka is Russian for fluffy. Interesting. That sounds like a nice Pushinka. That's like kind of a nice Russian word. Yeah. And she was a gift from Soviet leader Nikita Khrushchev. She was a puppy of Strelka, a Soviet space dog that orbited the Earth in 1960 on Sputnik 2. Wow. Yeah, very interesting. interesting. This is when, uh... Soviet relations were good then, I take it, or better. I don't think they were very good at the time, but it was an act, I don't know, it was an act of goodwill, so at the moment they were decent. Considering... (laughs) I'm not sure, 62? I don't know what was going on at the moment exactly. Yeah. See, this is where I don't know a lot of the history. I know, like, the Bay of Pigs happened, and, like, the Cuban Missile Crisis happened... Yeah. And that had something to do with the Soviet Union. But I've never gotten... I'm not there yet. I'm still in Cold War with, like... Yeah. Yeah, that's still a Cold War. It is, but I'm in, like, the early Cold War. Right. Like, like just after the Iron Curtain comes down in history. So, pardon me, listeners, for not knowing this blip in history. (laughs) (laughs) No one will forgive you. They come to this podcast for Russian history. (laughs) Yeah. Come on, Wesley. So... Pushinka uh, was thoroughly checked by the Secret Service to make sure she was not bugged. Oh my god, it's a dog. She was x-rayed, screened with a magnetometer, and inspected with a sonogram. Wow. She she was clean. (laughs) So let me me, uh, retcon that for you. So the relations were shaky. (laughs) It's a puppy. Well, in 1963, Pushinka had a litter of puppies with Charlie, the Welsh Terrier. Oh, and that JFK called them Pupniks. Pupniks. Wow. That's that's actually he's he was a clever dude. I have to give (laughs) it to him. Already owning six dogs. The Kennedys did not need four more. So they (laughs) sought out families to adopt the Pupniks. Over 5000 letters came to the White House from people asking if they could have one of the puppies. Wow. Jackie Kennedy selected two heartfelt letters from children, one from Illinois and one from Missouri. Uh, they were each sent a puppy, travel expenses covered, along with a dossier all about the dog and how to take care of them. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, and the other two went to family friends. And descendants of the Pupniks can still be found today. Interesting. I wonder if that's like a, if there's like a breeder that is... Probably still very valuable. Oh, very much so. <laughs> Even though it's not a, like they're not a clear breed. They're just Pupnik descended. <laughs> their own little niche great 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 grand dog was a famous mutt <laughs> so famous he was a popnik <laughs> so after jfk comes lbj all right just gonna skip over the assassination you didn't but you just mentioned it then you're not skipping over it at all i said what I oh you're over just it. gonna skip over like what happened i see dogs were not involved presumably no of course they're still investigating there's tons of conspiracy theories. Yep. I'm a None little of suspicious which involve dogs. <laughs> Charlie could have been there. I don't know. So we now on never to, know with him. We're now on to Johnson. <laughs> we're on to Lyndon Johnson. Yes. LBJ loved dogs. And he loved beagles. 
Yeah, sure. (laughs) He owned four beagles during his presidency. Him, her, Freckles, and Edgar. Him was probably most famous uh, for the photo published in Life magazine in 1964 of the president lifting him up by the ears. We have a photo of that. Uh, Johnson claimed he had always done this with him and that he seemed to like it. That's okay. The only reason well, why the he dog did it. isn't off the ground. Yeah, just his front legs just are his off the front ground. Legs. I always thought he would be, he was like lifting him entirely. Yeah, I thought so too, but this is like, yeah, pulling. He was criticized heavily for this photo though. If you want to learn oh, yeah. more about beagles, check out our episode two from season one. Yeah, so long. We were so young. We were so green in this industry. <laughs> and green? Yeah, green. Have you never heard that expression? Like new, <laughs> no. green, like you've just bloomed. Green. Green, yeah. Okay. What color are we now? <clears throat> Purple. I don't know. We're in the red. No, don't say that. All the way over. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the photo caused major controversy with animal activists. And the Life article did point out uh, that the dogs were treated very well in the White House and probably wouldn't swap places with any dog in the world. I mean, I do appreciate that he had four beagles he stuck to one breed through his entire presidency oh yeah he had a couple other dogs too okay uh unfortunately both him and her died tragically young oh her died after swallowing a stone and him after being struck by a car oh yeah him uh did have a puppy though before he died named freckles kept by the johnson's daughter lucy and then kept by the johnson's after lucy left Mm. but she took one of the other puppies but left Interesting. Left freckles. <laughs> and then J. Edgar Hoover gifted you know the president. You know because Freckles probably howled too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forget the name of the one she took, but yeah, left Freckles. Still very cute beagle. And then J. Edgar Hoover gifted the president another beagle after him's death. Which, hmm. uh, yeah, the president named Edgar. Edgar. <laughs> That's fitting. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently there are mix-ups with, yeah, J. Edgar Hoover and Edgar at the White House. <laughs> the president would call Edgar. Oh, I'm right here, Mr. President. <laughs> you turn around, he's wearing a dress. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I just try to make that story funny. <laughs> it's, very, it's not that interesting, it turns out. <laughs> okay, I lied move. about the dress party. was not. A okay, moving on. <laughs> so, Johnson also had a white collie named Blanco. And his favorite, a terrier mixed name, named Yuki. Yuki. Hmm. Yuki was found by Lucy Johnson uh, at a Texas gas station on Thanksgiving Day. Okay. <laughs> Random. Why are oh, they in... from Texas? Okay, that but that makes more sense. I did <laughs> yeah. not know that Johnson was from Texas. Oh, yeah. oh that's interesting. Yeah, Texas senator. Yuki was famous for always being by the president's side and for howling with him. Could you imagine, like. <laughs> Lucy's like, okay, I'm going to go get some gas. I'll be right back. And then comes back. I found a dog. <laughs> yeah, Lucy was their daughter. So yeah, be pretty. Yeah. His most famous dog was Checkers, but Checkers never lived in the White House. Biting incident? Uh, no, he, uh, he was just famous for a speech that he gave long before he was president. Uh. Nixon brought Checkers to the public's attention in 1952. Uh, when he was candidate for vice president running with Eisenhower. Yeah, Nixon was in, like, presidential circle for a long time before he was actually president. Oh, yeah, he ran against Kennedy in 1960. Yeah, oh, and I forgot to mention with Eisenhower, <clears throat> Eisenhower was the general for the European theater of oh, yeah. World War II. 
So a lot of people, I don't know if they know that, but he was basically groomed to become president because he led the charge in Europe and on D-Day. So like, <laughs> if that doesn't make you president, I don't know what does. He's you know? really the last, you know, <laughs> military president. In the speech, uh, he was defending himself about criticisms about misuse of campaign contributions. And he said that no matter what happened as a result of the controversy, his daughters were keeping one campaign gift, a cocker spaniel puppy given to them by a supporter in Texas. <laughs> he got very defensive in the speech and apparently offensive too. Just <laughs> sounds like Nixon. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, well, it's Nixon. So yeah, it was similar to the phallus speech <laughs> FDR gave. Yeah. And that, you know, he brought his dog up to get support from the public. For sure. It went on to be known as the Checkers speech, even though Nixon didn't like that very much, (laughs) that that was the takeaway. So during his presidency, starting in 64, Nixon had a poodle named Vicky, a terrier named Pasha, and an Irish setter named King Timahoe. Okay. King Timahoe? I don't know. Sure. So King Timahoe once stole a piece of cake at Nixon's 61st birthday party. A lot of food stealing dogs. Yeah. The White House is too big. <laughs> too many parties. <laughs> too much opportunity for food. So after Nixon mysteriously left office, Ford took his place. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's be historical. He after, was just like, peace out. After double peace. Yeah, right. Before he was I'm impeached, out. he resigned. I'm tired. I've just worked so darn hard for you people. <laughs> I've worked so hard to keep these chartreuse drapes in the Oval Office. So hard not being a crook. Yeah, I guess I don't so know tempting. what. I don't know how Nixon sounds. So, <laughs> no, I'm doing. I'm just doing Futurama Nixon. So, no, I'm not really sure. Kind of sounds like uh, Sean Connery a little bit. Like <laughs> he wasn't Scottish, right? <laughs> it's the zhuzhes. The zhuzhing, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so Gerald Ford. <laughs> had a golden retriever named Liberty, who became beloved by the public. Very famous dog, yeah, for sure. Shortly before moving to the White House, the Fords had a golden retriever that died. So their daughter Susan asked for help finding a new one, and she enlisted family friend and White House photographer David Hume Kennerly, who contacted a reputable breeder in Minneapolis. The breeder had a lot of questions about the family the dog would be going to, and Kennerly tried to keep things vague so as to be discreet. All he would say was the family had money and had previously owned golden retrievers. Hmm. But that wasn't enough for the breeder. They wanted more details. And, uh, yeah, the breeder refused to give him the dog unless they knew more about the family was going to. Well, I mean... It's good for the breeder. Yeah, I mean, it's a breeder doing their job. And so eventually, Kennerly had to tell them that the dog would be going to the president. And they were very happy to send the dog. I wonder, yeah, I, I can only imagine that phone call. It's like, it's 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 for the president. Oh, well, in that case, have your pick. Ford, though? No one voted for him. No, no. <laughs> Liberty had puppies in the White House, and the Fords kept one named Misty and gave away the other eight. Wow. That's a big litter. <laughs> one puppy named Jerry uh, went to the leader dog school for the blind. And four were given gifts as friends, and three were bought by friends. Wow. Yeah, so another White House litter. So after Ford was Carter, because the country felt very guilty. <laughs> let's let's just vote for a nice peanut farmer. Yeah, a nice peanut f- farmer who's still alive. 
All right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To remind myself, I guess he is still alive. (laughs) So the Carters arrived at the White House dogless. So a teacher of their daughter, Amy, decided to fix that. Uh, Public school teacher Verona Meter gave Amy a border collie mix she owned named Grits, who was born on the day of Carter's election. Amy gave Grits back to Meter a couple years later, possibly due to some behavior problems, but more likely due to... uh, Meter's other dog having recently died. Mm. Maybe she was Gritz's mother. Sure. Just give the dog back. It's you know, it just a gift for the White House. Yeah. Everyone knew Carter was a one-termer. Was... <laughs> so the, uh, the Carters later got an Afghan hound named Lewis Brown. Not, not much information on that dog. For sure. <laughs> then following Carter was Reagan. Well, I love dogs and jelly beans. <laughs> Wow, you haven't broke your Reagan out. You haven't broke your Reagan out in a while for this show. <laughs> we got to. I know. Yeah, for sure. The Reagans were dog lovers, uh, owning several dogs on their ranch, Rancho del Cielo, in which, California, which in Spanish means Ranch of the Heavens. <laughs> they have. They had a golden retriever named Victory, a Siberian Husky named Taka, a Belgian Sheepdog named Fuzzy, and an Irish Setter named Peggy. <laughs> Just like Sharon, I don't think Peggy should be a dog's name. Well, they got Fuzzy, Taka, and Victory. I don't know what Taka means, but it's a Siberian word. Siberian Husky. However, these dogs did not live in the White House. The Reagans opted to keep them on their ranch. Sure. Well, they're big dogs. I mean, I imagine that would be easier just to keep them on a ranch anyway. Yeah, especially if they're used to living there. Sure. Once in the White House, the Reagans were gifted a couple of dogs. In 1984, they were given a Bouvier de Flanders. Yeah. Is that it? Bouvier de Flanders, yeah. Flanders, okay, yeah. Flanders sounds weird to say. Flanders is like, you know, like I have like a bowl of flan. Bouvier de stupid Flanders. (laughs) That's a Simpsons reference, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my uh, my grandmother had a Bouvier. They're giant dogs. (laughs) They're like a they're like mini ponies almost. They're like giant. schnauzers like giant giant schnauzers yeah. yeah they were given him as a puppy and they named him lucky and nancy reagan said he grew from a ball of fluff to be the size of a pony yep yeah lucky was deemed too big for the white house so he was sent back to or just sent to rancho del cielo for the first time outside santa something barbara Barbara. <laughs> can never remember which Santa it is. <laughs> Lucky was the inspiration for the Presidential Pet Museum. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, our trusted is this resource. Like a, is this like a storefront museum that you can go to, or is this just an online museum? It is an online museum. That's how I've used the resource. I okay. don't... I, I mean, I know that... Uh, well, the museum founder, Claire McLean, was Lucky's groomer. Oh, okay. And there must be some physical part of the museum because she did. Ha- she does have part of Lucky's hair still. Oh, I was gonna make a joke that that was like the only thing on display. <laughs> well, they probably have other things by now. I'd hope so. <laughs> Definitely on the website. There's plenty of information. Well, it's good that there's a resource like this anyway online because it's an interesting part of being, you know, for our non-American listeners. And I'm not, I don't know if this is a tradition for foreign dignitaries or, you know, prime ministers of other countries or anything yeah, like depends that. In the country. But in the United States, are. oh, my God, presidents, dogs are like celebrities, <laughs> like nowadays, especially because there's yeah. so much social media that surrounds them. Oh, my gosh. Especially like the Obama's dogs were 
like the first dog like presidential dogs on instagram so oh man they were so famous but it's a huge part of the presidential culture here so it's just for you non-americans out there so uh in 85 uh, the reagans were given a dog they could finally keep in the white house a cavalier king charles named rex ah we love that breed (laughs) one of rex's official duties was to turn on the lights for the white house christmas tree <laughs> of course. They found a cute photo of him with Reagan. That was funny. Oh, that dog looks terrified. God, Reagan looks so old. The lighting is just really poor in that photo. He's so looks like a out. great pair. Looks like a dead man holding this really terrified dog. Perfect for each other. He, he Reagan kind of looks surprised someone's taking this picture. He's like, what? <laughs> Is that a camera? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he is a very cute dog, though. Yeah. I like the grandfather clock in the background. (laughs) Really stealing the show. I want a grandfather clock, by the way. Oh, God. Why? My grandfather had one, and I I want it. Well, that's who they're for. But (laughs) we're going to discuss this later. I want my house to basically be like a 19th century mansion antique you know like okay we're watching Frasier right now you know niles crane's house i want our house to be like that i don't think they've shown it but with less armor oh you fell asleep during that episode (laughs) oh yeah we'll watch it again (laughs) so after reagan was george hw bush bush senior right yes bush's english springer spaniel millie was one of the most famous presidential pets of all time Millie was portrayed on Murphy Brown, Who's the Boss, Wings, and The Simpsons. I love Wings! <laughs> lots of, for 10 years. Lots of uh, B sitcoms there. <laughs> so, uh, during her time in the White House, uh, Millie also wrote a book, which got to number one in the New York Times bestseller nonfiction okay. list. I, I call foul. Who nope, wrote this book? By Millie. No, no, Barbara Bush wrote the book. Okay. But the author is officially Millie. It's uh, titled Millie's Book. <laughs> it's about a day in Millie's life with George and Barbara. This was a number one bestseller. Yeah, on non-fiction. The New York Times. Non-fiction. Yeah, it's non It's a true story. Oh, my. <laughs> Millie God. really wrote it. It's true. Okay. <laughs> it's no lies here. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> no deceit in Millie's book. <laughs> Millie had a litter of puppies in the White House. Uh, they kept one and named him Ranger became george's favorite oh very rambunctious little english springer spaniel all spaniels are so cute though it's hard not to love a spaniel it's true so after daddy bush was clinton <laughs> don't please don't call him daddy bush ever again <laughs> and don't say daddy clinton either <laughs> i could have called all the presidents so daddy now at this we're point. to the era where i was alive where we were born was it's true the born in the clinton era, era. How do you feel about that? I mean... Is it our Zodiac sign? <laughs> we're Clinton babies for I life. I don't know. <laughs> the 90s were weird, but I was little, so I don't really remember the 90s so much as I do the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 90s certainly come off as weird here. Yeah. Just reading the pets. Here we go. When the Clintons went to D.C., they had no dogs, but they had a cat named Socks. Yeah, Socks. Who became weirdly famous. Socks was portrayed on Murphy Brown. Oh my God! What was there like? A... 
<laughs> Man, the Murphy Brown writers were really bored just reading the news every day looking for anything. Oh my lord. <laughs> Look, another presidential pet. <laughs> Let's read him in. Oh, and get ready for this one. And portrayed in Muppet form in an interview with Kermit the Frog on Larry King Live. Could you imagine that pre- that briefing for Larry King? So today, Larry, you're going to have Kermit the Frog and... Well, imagine that update. Okay, so Larry, during your interview with Kermit, we're going to have a puppet representing Clinton's cat's socks come in. I just really wonder what socks contributed in that segment. Yeah, is there no clip of it online? I couldn't find one oh, now. Darn. Maybe I don't know if I actually look now that I think about calling it. Calling all obscure media, you know, people... Try to find that. Okay, there is the whole video of Larry King Live with host Kermit the Frog. Maybe it's just in there somewhere. But it was, no, it was an interview of Kermit the Frog, it said. Oh. Larry King. So Socks even starred in an unreleased video game for the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. Oh, God. Really wish I could play that. Yeah, we'd have to go buy a Sega Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta find, you gotta release that game first. Release the game. <laughs> Let let it be finished by crowdsourcing. <laughs> We're putting up $2 of our own money. No. <laughs> I would help, but I don't know how video games work. So in 1997, the Clintons got a chocolate lab named Buddy, who is best known for not getting along with socks. Right. Didn't they have to like put them in separate wings <laughs> yeah. or something? Or like separate parts of the White House so they wouldn't go near one another yeah a lot of tension in that white house yeah all around so after clinton was baby bush (laughs) i should have saw that one coming (laughs) as president w had two scottish terriers barney and miss beasley (laughs) i like that (laughs) miss beasley Yeah, barney was his favorite i think he had before his presidency and Mm. miss beasley he got during presidency Mm -hmm. and he also owned an english springer spaniel named spot I, find, I see a pattern emerging. Who was a pup of his father's English Springer Spaniel, Millie. Oh. From the same litter as Ranger. That's fitting. Yeah. That's nice. Then after Debbie was Obama. When Obama was first running in 2008, he promised his daughters that if he won, they would get a dog. And of course he did win, so he had to get a dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a few months after moving to D.C., the Obamas were given a Portuguese water dog from Ted Kennedy and his wife, Victoria dog's name was originally new hope because the breeders in texas were avid obama supporters i like that yeah they changed it though well yeah they changed it to Bo. to Bo, right it's something to do with Bo diddley and i forget presidential pet museum said that michelle's father went by diddley uh something (laughs) i've read her book and now i don't remember no okay but but it mentioned in the book it does yeah well obama mentions the story behind bo's name in his book too that whole first volume's just about bo (laughs) (laughs) that's why he's got to get separate volumes i can't wait to read volume two it's all about sunny yeah (laughs) so bo became a big star on social media just all over, you know, Facebook, Instagram. Every time a new Twitter. platform came out. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Bo's all over it. Very, you know, sort of came the face of the Obama family in a way. He had his own it's schedule in... in the White House. Really? Yeah. In Obama's book, he talks about how Bo had his own, like, press event schedule that... So, and then 
so he was like taken by people like to and from and around the White House oh, yeah. to do his different <laughs> things. He was often in the spotlight, and he was even featured in a campaign ad for its 2012 re-election campaign. I voted in that. That was my very first election I could vote in, was the ah. 2012 election. Did you vote for Bo? I did. I voted for Bo Obama. <laughs> that was an interesting election, too, because I was like, uh, I was a sophomore in college, and I remember I was really excited that I got to vote for Obama. Like, even though I didn't get to vote in his inaugural, but like his the first election, I was a freshman in high school. Or, right. And I remember we were all like everyone had the shirts, everyone had the stickers, everyone had the stuff. Everyone had Obama merch in high school and and in college. It was really nice to be able to actually vote for him. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was my first um my first presidential election and local election too. Did his dogs affect your vote? You know, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't know he had a dog. Well, I wasn't on Twitter. I wasn't on Instagram. I only had Facebook. And you cannot be a part of this poll. <laughs> <laughs> My life was absorbed by the theater at that time. Right. All I did was rehearse and go to school. <laughs> so, so Obama involved in any theater? Don't remember. <laughs> he, I'm sure they funded it. No, I mean, was he ever a theater kid? Obama? <laughs> uh, wasn't he speech? Didn't he do speech? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'd be su- surprised if he didn't, but it, I don't know. He was athletic. See, the Obamas uh, later got Sonny, another Portuguese water dog. And here's a quote from Michelle Obama on how to tell the two dogs apart. Okay, look closely. Bo has white paws and a white little face. And Sonny is all black with just a little bit of white. That's okay. the difference. <laughs> For sure. They're both just adorable, though. Mm-hmm. In 2016, a North Dakota man drove his pickup truck 1,950 miles to Washington, D.C. He had a machete, a billy club, two guns, and 350 rounds of ammunition. When approached by Secret Service agents in D.C., the man claimed to be the son of JFK and Marilyn Monroe. He also claimed to be Jesus Christ. He claimed the whole reason he went to D.C. was to kidnap one of Obama's dogs. Fortunately for Bo and Sonny, he was arrested by Secret Service agents. Well, I guess when you're that up front, you know, they ha- I mean, could you... When you're that crazy, it's tough to be sneaky, I guess. Yeah, I guess. His first you know, two lies were pretty bad. Go in or go home, I suppose. You don't, you don't have to bother me. I'm, I'm JFK's kid with with Marilyn. I mean, I'm, I'm Jesus. I mean, I'm, Jesus. I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to kidnap the dog. <laughs> I don't know if that was just like the worst lie I could come up with. But he's North he, Dakotan, he so you have to add confessing. the accent to it. Like, all right, I admitted I'm here to kidnap the dog. That's why I brought. I want the dog, and I want to go home with it. 350 rounds of ammunition. There. I just drove. That, take care of it. I lost my kayak on the way here. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> kayak is a fun word to say in that accent. <laughs> so after Obama, there was Trump. He had no pets. Moving on. There's Biden oh, now. but you didn't mention that um, Bo, uh, about Bo. Bo has since passed away. Oh yeah, yeah. They passed away recently. Just this, this year. year, yeah. Sorry if that was in your timeline. I just didn't know if you no, no. mentioned. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, most of the dogs mentioned have passed away. But. Sure, but Bo is like re- you know in living memory, True. like recently still alive. So. <laughs> yeah, right. R.I.P. Anyway, yeah. Bo. So and now we have Biden. The Bidens brought two German shepherds with them to the White House, Champ and Major. And Joe Biden is a big fan of the breed. Here's a quote from him. 
I've had German Shepherds since I was a kid, and I've actually trained them and shown them in the past. I would love to see, again, Obscure Media Finders video of Joe Biden running his dog. Yeah, I couldn't find any in information about him showing <laughs> German Shepherds, but it's, I mean, it's oddly believable that he would show dogs, too. <laughs> That's true. Like, what else is he getting up to in Delaware? It sounds like something he would do. <laughs> yeah, he was a real fan of German Delaware, Shepherds. Yeah. So he got champ in 2008, and he lived with him on the grounds of the U.S. Naval Observatory during his vice presidency. Then champ made it to the White House, but unfortunately passed away in June of this year. Aww. The Bidens adopted Major from the Delaware Humane Society in 2018, <clears throat> and when he moved into the White House, he became the first presidential dog from a shelter. Yeah, that made really big news, yeah, too. Yeah, it's huge. It was like a big uh, no, fundraising thing for Humane Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, Major didn't stay in the White House very long. Just a couple months in, there were the biting incidents talked about. Right. Similar to FDR's dog, Major. Right. Although it wasn't as serious. It was, he wasn't ripping the pants off prime ministers. But yeah. He bit a security guard and then bit a National Park Service employee. <laughs> Not that they're less important, but I think it was less severe biting. <laughs> sure. Yeah, the, do the dog might, you know, have been spooked or something like that and just reacted yeah, yeah. poorly. Always, I don't know, different environment. It's like constantly around new people. Well, in the White House, too, no doubt. Like, that's a giant adjustment Yeah. wherever you were before. So the Bidens entered the White House with two dogs, and now in their first year, they've, they've had to ship, them, ship one away, and the other died. Aw. So I say we start a new podcast. We're getting the president a dog. No, God. We don't need <laughs> Someone any has more to podcasts. send him a dog. There's a long tradition of sending presidents <laughs> that just lost their dogs. <laughs> dogs. I don't think it's that simple anymore. I think there's a lot of... Uh... I think, no, I think it's exactly that simple. And here's the deal. They have to keep it or they're like Truman. And there's the giant controversy if they turn away a puppy. Wow. If you drop a puppy in a box at the president's door... And then call the press about it. It's over. I <laughs> That's the president's dog. We are not at all condoning our listeners or suggesting that they do this because you will get arrested. <laughs> Wouldn't it be amazing if like, they dropped like a thousand dogs in the president's door? <laughs> <laughs> and like the Bidens are like, we're thinking about getting a new dog. And and there's just... hundreds and hundreds of dogs to get sent <laughs> yeah. to the White House. Wouldn't it be funny if they were all, like, mostly one... Con they were all German Shepherds. <laughs> right, yeah, they would be. Yeah. <laughs> Although maybe the lesson is uh, don't try to keep a German Shepherd in the White House again. But Or just, you know, dogs might need a lot of room to adjust to that kind of a move. Yeah, probably if you raise them from a puppy in the White House. Sure. Be easier. Or just don't name him Major. Name him Private, he'll listen to you. Uh, major thinks yeah. he's the boss. Major thinks he's the boss. Yeah, that's true. Unless you're Eisenhower. So that's all the president's dogs. Wow. That's awesome. So do you want to get a president's dog? Uh, <laughs> maybe. It's a perfect breed for us. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of different ones. I'm so, I'm interested to hear that after Kennedy, no one really kept birds or any of the oh, other I just didn't mention the other oh, kinds for of pets because sure. everyone had dogs. Got it. Yeah. I, I only mentioned those, you know, if they're really weird or they had no dogs to talk about. For sure. Yeah. But no, I think that's, I think it's really cool though, that that is a tradition that's carried on in our country is, you know, presidents keep pets. And, and that's why we have to send the Bidens a dog. Okay. We're going to end this podcast on that. <laughs> Let's go to the shelter, pick one out and just send it over. 
It's not that easy. Drive it over ourselves. <laughs> Dry. I do want to see Washington, D.C. We'll see it with the dog. We're, we're not coming with a dog. Do not track <laughs> us down. Well, thank you so much for listening to our yeah, program. Yeah, thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back next week with another breed episode from me. Yeah. But we're not going to tell you what it is because that's not how we roll. It's a secret. So thank you so much for listening. And Dylan, why don't you take us out? Help control the pet population. Have your dogs spayed or neutered. And send the president a dog. Don't. Please, no. <laughs> Just one. He needs one. <laughs> Wesley Van Hoosen and Dylan Naylor are not pet professionals. Any advice regarding pet ownership and the responsibilities thereof taken from this program should be checked with your veterinarian. All episodes are researched thoroughly, fact-checked, and additionally researched during post-production. Annotated bibliographies of every episode can be found at we'regettingadog.com slash bibliographies. This podcast is hosted by Dylan Naylor and Wesley Van Hoosen. If you'd like to reach out or submit a photo of your dog to be featured on our social media, please contact us at WGAD at ArcadiaPodcastNetwork.com or on our Instagram at We're Getting a Dog. Thank you for listening to We're Getting a Dog from the Arcadia Podcast Network. When you wake up in the morning and get ready for the day, what's the one thing you're sure you won't miss? Well, according to the National Coffee Association, if you're like 64% of all Americans, you're probably going to have a cup of coffee. Hi, my name is Richard Eisloffel, and I love coffee. I've been drinking it consistently since I was about 15 years old and have worked off and on as a barista for over four years. Though I haven't worked in the coffee field for some time now, I've recently took an interest in knowing more about coffee. Its origins, its history, its chemical makeup, how we get different flavor profiles, and its current cultural status. To do this, I turn to my best friend of over 10 years, Wesley Van Hoosen. Hello there, I'm Wesley. He is probably the most well-read person I know. Books have always been a part of his life, and I know that, like myself, he has a thirst for knowledge. So I asked him one day, Wesley, do you know any good books on coffee? To which he responded, No, actually, none that I've ever found. And I have to say, that took me by surprise. You would think out there, somewhere, is a manuscript detailing everything you need to know about coffee, from how it's made to how it made its way into the fabric of our society. But no, there really isn't. So that's when Wesley and I decided to do it ourselves. Welcome to Coffee's On, where every episode we'll learn something new about the marvelous beverage that is coffee. In this popcorn-style series, we'll use every episode to do a deep dive into some facet of coffee consumption or production. And with every episode, we'll be trying a new brew of coffee, so we can continue to open our palates as well as our minds. In addition, we'll close each episode with a fun fact, myth, or legend about this magical drink. So tune in during your morning routine, daily commute, or afternoon pick-me-up, and we'll tell you all there is to know about the most consumed beverage in America. You can listen to Coffee's On on Spotify or wherever you stream podcasts. From the Arcadia Podcast Network.